0: this episode of the football faithful is brought to you by carling now we've all gone to the bar to buy a drink and carrying one glass well that's okay two glasses that's all right too but three and things start to get a little bit difficult you need to start doing that little triangle and four well that's pro level pint carrying but carling How come up with a solution? They've got a new glass that has got lots of little grooves in the top and a narrower bottom, so that means you can carry four, no problem at all. So, next time you need to go to the bar to buy a round, make them a carling.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Football Faithful Podcast. Now, in these sort of pre-season bonus pods, we've already spoken about some players who need to step their game up ahead of the new season. And in this week's episode, we're going to talk about a bunch of new and upcoming players who we'd like to see uh, take that step up. They don't necessarily need to, but we'd certainly like to see it. We're going to focus on the top six. Uh, Joining me to talk about all of this, as usual, is Peter Henry. Hi, Peter. Evening all. And Anthony Kelly's there as well. Hi, Ant.
2: All right, odds, are we doing?
1: Not too bad now. Well, let's uh, let's start, let's start with Manchester City then. I suppose they won the league. So, Peter, who who have they got coming through the ranks?
3: Well, I think the pretty obvious one, of course, is uh, is Phil Foden, a player that's been spoken about for for a good few years now as um, potentially that kind of creative midfielder that that England don't seem to produce and and seem to be missing. Um, you know, you don't need to look at, at Phil Foden playing football for very long to realise he's he's a special talent. Um, just turned nineteen in in May. He he showed in the I think the under twenty-one Euros he scored a sensational individual goal against France. Um and then he was left out of the game against Romania, I think it was, that they lost and kind of sealed their fate that they were knocked out of the tournament. And Ad Boothroyd got a lot of stick for that because, you know, he he was kind of the man, the man who made that team tick. Um, he started the the charity shield last season against Chelsea, and I think a lot of people thought, you know, he's going to play really regularly regularly this season, um, or last season, should I say? But he only made thirteen appearances in the Premier League um, throughout the course of the year, and only three of them were starts.
1: I, I wonder would would he be like? Would he actually be the player we talked about? Riyad Mahrez, in the players who need to step their game up, would he actually be that kind of player? Because he has been sort of, you know, around the first team for a little bit now, and he has played games and he, he's featured and stuff like that. So might he actually be more of the Manchester City player who sort of needs to step his game up more than anyone else?
3: Well, no, I I don't, I I think the angle we used on the other pod were players that, you know, maybe aren't playing to their potential. Um, yes. You know, I think with, with, with Foden, like I said, he's only literally just turned 19. Um, and plus, I think Guardiola has, has spoken about rating him highly. And I think, you know, I, I personally don't think it's just lip service because he's a young English player. Um, I think we will see him more next season. When you put it into the context that, David Silva is kind of coming towards, well, he is coming towards the end of his Man City uh, career. He, he said that he's going to leave next season. Um, it'll be 10 years at the Eddie Head at that stage. Um, so, you know, F- Phil Foden, I think, will start to feature more regularly next season because it was noticeable towards the end of the of the previous campaign. David Silva, as brilliant as he is, he wasn't quite in, impacting big games the way he has it you know in the years gone by so i think there is a bit of bit of a space there in the two midfield roles that kind of um you know in the david Silver role or even maybe off the right uh, where Bern- bernardo silva plays at the moment so um yeah it'll, it'll be really interesting to see who he goes but he, like he's such a he actually looks like a Guardiola player in many ways um great technique you know small um great passing movement uh, you know the ball seems to st- stick to his foot when he's um, when he's dribbling, and he seems to have a lot of intelligence for for a young player. Um, he scored a very important goal actually towards the end of last season. He's his first goal, Premier League goal for Man City actually um, in the win against Spurs. You remember just after the kind of the epic Champions League game Spurs. Yeah, to, yeah, that's right. Man City needed to beat Spurs, and he kind of. Showed his ability to make runs into the box as well, which is a very useful asset for a kind of attacking midfielder to have. Um, yeah, like I said, hugely talented. And you know, there, there was calls even last season that he should leave Man City to to play more. You know, play more often. I think that's a bit of a kind of lazy way of looking at it. You know, the the common narrative is players have to have to play to develop, and while that is absolutely true, you know. He's 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 won two Premier League medals in the last two years. He won a treble last year. Year, you know, is a player like Phil Foden better off going to a struggling Premier League team, or is he better off training day in day out and being part of the first team squad with the likes of you know David Silva, Sergio Aguero, etc.? Yeah, is he, was, is
1: he going to learn more in a season, you know, lumping exactly. it in a in a Pula side or a year training with Guardiola?
3: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. He, you know, he. I think he. He I, I get the argument that they need to play all of the time to develop. I think you can learn more with you know being part of the Guardiola squad, definitely. And I really do think he will start to feature more next season because Man City, you know, they've signed Rodri as a kind of Fernandinho replacement. I know they're looking for a centre back, you know, they're still kind of in the race for Harry Maguire, but they don't seem to be buying any more midfielders. I'd say Unless they sell Sane, I I don't see them buying any. Well, they haven't been linked with any more uh, at, um, attacking players. So I think it is set up for Phil Foden to play a more prominent role next season. And he's such a talented player, such a such a you know beautifully balanced operator that you know he's the kind of player even if he plays for Man City, you, you'd enjoy playing like a David Silva or something. And I think he's in the right place. He's learning. He's playing with the right type of players playing for the right manager, I think it's all set up for him to for this to be his kind of breakthrough season. I'm not saying he'll start every game, but to definitely start a lot more than three Premier League games next season. He, you know whenever you watch him play for man city he doesn't look out of place in in such a star studded squad which is a testament to you know a guy who was 17 or 18 when he's been playing for them so um
2: i yeah. think um, looking, looking at him peter i think the beauty of it for foden and manchester city as well if you look at the the squad that man city already have there's not a huge amount of pressure on foden to play whenever he does uh, to sort of um, hit the ground running and be the star man every week. He can be slowly sort of eased into the games at Man City, uh, and as you say, he's learning all the time off some great players. So maybe you know he can play twenty minutes here, he can play twenty minutes there. He got twenty six games for Man City last season, as you say, and got featured in some really big games and um, scoring that goal against Spurs was, was massive. So I think he can sort of be sort of gently eased into the fray, if you like. Um, yeah. with, with
1: the squad being so good, there, you know, how ver- yeah, how a versatile team. a player is he, lads? Is, is there like one player, like is it Silva or Bernardo Silva or De Bruyne who's ahead of him, or is it is he a player who could fit in there? Should one of those yeah. pull out of the team?
3: Yeah, he can kind of look. He he's a midfielder, but he'd definitely be more, you know, on on the attacking side. Um, you know, I I wouldn't necessarily see him as a kind of centre midfielder in the traditional sense when there used to be two central midfielders. You'd almost kind of throw him into the number 10 box if that was the case. But with the system, City play, um, you know, I, I'd say he'd be going actually maybe more for the the kind of, um, yeah, the De Bruyne role or the um, David Silver role, but they're two serious players to be getting past if they're in good form. And um, I, I, you know, Anne said he played 26 games, and that sounds like a lot, but, you know, three Premier League starts, I, I think, you know, you, he played in the cup competitions last season against like his member lads the, the the run of games that city had in the cup, they just got the easiest draw in both. I know it was a great achievement doing treble, but they got such easy draws in the Carabao and the FA cup. So I think the yardstick for Phil Foden next season should be to start kind of 20 premier league games, if you get me. Um, and I think he has all the talent to do it. Um, an absolutely fantastic player and, yeah, he'd be one that, you know, you, you could definitely see him making a real breakthrough next season.
1: Well, that's uh, Man City and uh, good to see that they oh, have even more talent coming through. Uh, Liverpool, though, not short on talent either. And so, and who have Liverpool got coming through now? The, the,
2: the big name on everyone's lips uh, in pre-season has been Rian Brewster um, coming through. He, he's been talked about massively over the past couple of seasons as a, a potential first-team player. Um, there's there's a a lot of talk about Klopp seeing the lad make his debut for the under-18s just as he'd been appointed Liverpool manager and I think from that day he's earmarked him for the first team so much so that he's never got out on loan Um, he he kept Brewster very close to the first team and he had a very nasty ankle ligament injury last year Um, I think he sort of kept him close, he had Oxlade-Chamberlain as a sort of um, injured comrade if you like, while the two of them recovered last season But in terms of ability, the the, the lad looks to have a lot in his locker. Um, He's a real sort of natural goal scorer. Um, Liverpool's play at the moment isn't really geared up for a natural number nine or a natural sort of out-and-out striker, if you like. But it will do very well, I think, in terms of the chances that we create and um, the the, the sort of amount of space that uh, Mane or um, Salah will create for him in the box. Um, he's got a lot of versatility as well which I think is, is crucial for him because if, as I say if he just had that you'd worry about him coming through with Origi ahead of him and, for, and obviously Firmino is the, um, the favoured uh, forward in, in the system at the moment but he can actually play out wide Brewster he's got great feet um, very very confident lad uh, likes to take people on and get stuck in got a good turn of pace on him as well I actually think he's, he's at his best when he's playing off the defender's shoulder uh, bearing down on goal, but he's he looks a real versatile goal scorer. Um, scored four goals in his first five games in pre-season as well. So um, I, I think looking at it this season, uh, with the African Cup of Nations and the Copper America taking a lot out of our players' legs early on, I think you might see him thrown in, um, for, even for some Premier League minutes. Uh, just, there's a lot of talk, obviously, he's going to be um, the go-to squad player up front, but definitely Brewster's going to feature at some point um, in the fold, we've got a very busy season coming up as well with the, um, the World Club Championships, and obviously, Champions League's going to start again. So, th- th- there'll be a lot of chances for him to impress. Um, but definitely, looking at his sort of all round game, um, he- he's, got, he's got bags of talent. I mean, he scored 20 goals in 23 games for the England under 19s and um, scored the Golden Boot in the World Cup when they won the, uh, the tournament in India a couple of years ago. And he, he just he just looks a natural fit up front. Um, quite a, quite a mature lad as well. He, he was asked about um, his decision-making when he was younger. And he, he was at Chelsea um, until about the age of 14. And I think he, he, he looked ahead of him at Chelsea and looked at their recent history of bringing young players through. And he was offered a deal there to, to go up to the next level in, in the youth development. And he said, no, and I wanted to find another club. And I think for a young lad to make such a big decision, I think that bodes well and um, hopefully he's got some good people advising him, but he's definitely got an advocate in Klopp, which will just um, will stand him in good stead this season.
1: Yeah, you said a couple of minutes minutes ago that he'd be a good fit, but where exactly would he fit? Like you said, he, he'd be good off the shoulder, but that's not exactly the way you're set up at the moment. I know I know Origi doesn't really fit that mould either, but where, where does he fit in?
2: Well, I think looking at him at the moment, he's either going to play in that central role, uh, all out wide. I think anywhere across the front three, um, he, he'll be asked to fit in and just sort of, uh, he'll he'll have to hit the ground running, I think, and, and take the chances when he gets them. I think he's got the versatility in his game to play either. Um, either role sort of out coming in from the wide flank or being that sort of central striking position. Um, his work rate is good, so he's not just the kind of, as I say, playing off the shoulder. He's not just waiting for the pass. He is actually making clever runs. Um, I, I think that the three behind him, like the likes of Wijnaldum and Cater. They should be able to find him in space, and um, so I think you're going to see him play across the front, the front a lot next season. Um, as I say, I think he wants to be the central striker, but obviously you'll you, you play where you're told, where when Klopp tells you to be fair.
3: Yeah, I think though he, he has a real chance of playing a lot of games, particularly around the start of the season, when you consider that like, you know, that Liverpool's front three have all had you know international commitments that have long ran long into the summer. Um, You know, it wouldn't be a major surprise if anyone of Firmino, Mane or Salah started a little bit slowly or even picked up a couple of niggly injuries because they basically had no break as such. Um, And and like you said, the fact that he's versatile, Origi really is only a centre-forward. Whereas if he's versatile, I think Brewster... Has it has a big chance to uh, to to play a lot, um, and like you said, Klopp Klopp named checked him before the Barcelona game last year as well. Like so, he obviously, um, yeah, he obviously rates him, and I think sometimes as a young player, you need a bit of you know you need things to fall into place, uh, you know, a spot of luck sometimes. You remember Rashford getting into the United team because yeah. Martial got injured in the warm up kind of thing, and just the way the season has seems to have come around so quickly, and and Liverpool's. You know, much feared front three. You know, probably not starting at, at full tilt because of their international commitments. I, I think it's set up well for Brewster if he if he can take his chance. He'll he'll play a big part for Liverpool. You know,
2: I think he will. Uh, you know, Mane's not back until about five days before the season starts, so there's no chance he's going to be fit for at least the first couple. So you say two to three weeks before he'll feature. I imagine. Um, obviously, uh, Firmino went all the way with Brazil. Um, in in the Copper America and and Salah's only just getting back in the next few days into into training so yeah there's definitely a a space open the them Shaqir picked up a knock playing for Switzerland as well and he's out for quite a while um, unfortunately so I think there'll be um, I think you'll definitely see him play Uh, again I look at Liverpool's calendar this season and I'm always a big advocate like I was saying about Foden before if you've got a talented youngster and you know a team like Liverpool Man City if you're in a position of control in a game, you're two or three and a little for 10 or 15, 20 minutes to go in a match, throw him on, get him on the, him on the pitch, because there's every chance he can get a goal, there's every chance he comes on with, with less pressure on him, uh, and I think it, with young players, it is all about sort of easing them in and picking the games, if, you know, like he, he was in the squad for the Barcelona game, um, the 4-0 the, the, the at Anfield uh, in April, and it's, I personally would have hated to have seen him play in that game, because it was such a high-profile match, you know, the likes of Shaqiri, who's a seasoned international, he was visibly struggling in that game. So for a kid to have started that game would have been a nightmare. But I look at Liverpool's fixtures this season, with, as I say, the World Club Championships. We've got the Super Cup, the, um, the, the Charity Shield. Hopefully we'll make a little bit of a go of it in the Cups as well. Um, on that side, Mignolet has anything to say about that. Um, but hopefully we'll, um, we'll, we'll go far and he'll, he'll get his games for sure. And I think he's definitely one you'll see a lot more of this season
1: one to watch and uh, one to be excited about for Liverpool fans and uh, Peter there's a, a name that's been doing the rounds amongst Irish fans for quite a while now and that's Troy Parrott at Spurs
3: yeah now, now we're cooking um, I was first t- <laughs> I was first tipped off to t- Troy Parrott about five or six years ago um, in a taxi in Dublin I remember the taxi driver uh, telling me that his kid had played against Belvo. Belvedere that would mean nothing to you and but they one the the best schoolboy clubs in Dublin, and this taxi driver was telling me that there's this young lad playing up front for uh, for Belvedere, and he's just, you know, and, and the taxi driver was saying if, if if this lad doesn't make it, then you know I might we all might as well give up kind of thing. He he was just stood out as being that good, and um, I think you know I've been fo- trying to follow his career since he went to to Spurs. I think everybody with, within Irish football has massive hopes. Don't think it would be an exaggeration to say there hasn't been a buzz around a young Irish forward player since Robbie Keane. Um in the way it is with, with Troy Parrott. He got he got in he, he's actually been injured a lot over the last 6 months. He got a, a serious knee injury which ruled him out of the under 17 Euros for Ireland, the 21s Toulon tournament and the under 19 championship. But he has featured. He started against Juventus, and I think he featured against United. I haven't looked at the match report today in the friendly um, as well. Um, really impressed against Juventus. If you look at his stature, he doesn't look like a, a 17-year-old. He's still quite, quite skinny, but he's over six foot. He looks wiry, though, and he still has quite a bit of filling out to do. Um, An absolutely phenomenal finisher. Uh, but not just a finisher, he's also kind of capable of dropping deep and playing, um, yeah, and, and playing passes through. Brilliant at holding up the ball and laying it off. Really, I really like, I used it about Phil Foden, but like, uh,
1: he'll when he get watches, plenty of practice holding the ball up and laying it off, playing for Ireland anyway, so.
3: Yeah, I know, but you know, just that's a sign of a a sign of a he's a very, very intelligent player. Like, he scored an absolute screamer against Inter Milan in the UEFA Youth Champions League or whatever it's called last season. There's a four or five minute clip on YouTube, his whole performance that game. And if anyone wants to kind of delve deeper, go and look look at that because you get to see his all-round game. It's not just the finishing, he brings so much. And he he's got a bit he's got a nasty streak from him. he's from the inner city as well. He he's got a he's got a bit of nastiness to him that I think you need to make it as a top player sometimes. Um you know he's got his his scoring record for Spurs is phenomenal, 15 goals, three assists and 12 under in just 12 uh, under 18 Premier League games. Pochettino, um, you know, said he was a real option last season. You remember Spurs went through their, you know, kind of big injury crisis. They had no strikers at one stage. He'd actually talked about bringing Parry into the foul and he he does look to be, you know, in the first team picture ahead of next season. Hopefully for for Irish football. Anyway, Mick McCarthy's already gone come out and said that if he starts playing for Spurs next season, he'll he'll be in. You know, he'll be playing in the Euro qualifiers. So. Um, you know, no pressure, Troy. No pressure at all. You're the future Irish <laughs> football. No pressure. You mean, see, and you know, actually, one other thing that's really impressive when you watch him, Sam, you know, let, let's be realistic. Most Irish players that are produced for, you know, we, we've called, kind of fallen behind over the last 15 years, 20 years of other nations in terms of the technical ability of our players. It, this, that isn't the, the case with... Troy Parrott at all, you know. You look at you kind of think of an Irish centre forward, a Kevin Doyle or a Kevin Long. You know, forgetting Robbie Keane because he was a once off And um, they're kind of workers, you know. The kind of, the kind of, the kind of fellows defender would go. I wouldn't like to play against him, but realistically, are they going to score you many goals? No, they aren't. Yeah,
1: they run the channels, Troy, and they, they, you know. Troy
3: Parrott has all the technical attributes, the finishing ability, but he, he has that work ethic that you would associate with an Irish player as well. So. If, if he can keep his feet in the ground stay injury-free, it's really hard not to go on and have a top-class career. And again, I might be kind of using a couple of the same lines here as I used with Foden, but I think he's exactly in the right place. He trains, he trains with the first team, does a lot of close work with Harry Kane. Um, and Pochettino has shown that he's really good at developing young players looking after him he doesn't send them out in loans needlessly or anything like to keep them in house and bring them along himself and so i think he's at the at the right club and um, because spurs aren't going to go out and spend a load of money i don't think so there will be, be opportunities for him there and pochettino's the right man to bring him through and if, if he can get anywhere close to you know fulfilling like really obvious potential you know it's it, very bright not just for spurs but also for irish football because he just looks like an absolutely phenomenal talent
1: oh god please because we just can't score goals so i mean just even if he's not starting just bring him in like <laughs> that's just uh anyway uh let's stay in north london then.
3: Shane, up
1: front. oh unbelievable unbelievable what a pair that's a, that's another podcast though Un, you know <laughs>
0: This episode of The Football Faithful is brought to you by Carling. Now, we've all gone to the bar to buy a drink and carrying one glass, well, that's okay. Two glasses, that's all right too, but three and things start to get a little bit difficult. You need to start doing that little triangle and four, well, that's pro-level pint carrying. But Carling, how come up with a solution? They've got a new glass that has got lots of little grooves in the top and a narrower bottom. So that means you can carry four. No problem at all. So, next time you need to go to the bar to buy a round, make them a carling. Uh,
1: let's stay in North London then, because, uh, Anta, uh, I believe Arsenal have a player that you'd actually be quite like to have at Liverpool.
2: Yeah, um, I was doing a lot of homework on this lad over the last few days. Um, I, I saw his move to the Bundesliga last season as well when, it, when he got that through to Hoffenheim. Um, but yeah, Reese Nelson, he, he, he just looks to pass. Uh, I think Pete touched on it uh, before about young players coming through and uh, over the last few years, the, the products of academies, if you like, where they've got all this technical ability and um, at the age of 17, 18, they've, they've got the movement, they've, they're slick, they're well-drilled. But you, you look at Nelson and um, he, he talks about his, his life growing up as a kid, playing footy on the streets and getting booted by bigger lads. And I think he's, he's sort of come through as a street footballer as well. And there's definitely elements of that to his game where he's very aggressive and, and dynamic with his running um, I don't know about you guys but I'm, I'm a real advocate for. if you're going to send a player on loan don't send him somewhere crap don't send him somewhere like you know, a pureless team where he's just going to be lumping the ball forward uh, every week and there's no sort of creativity he, he's gone to a really top club in Germany and in, in Hoffenheim uh, with, with one of the best managers in my opinion in Europe at the moment um, uh, Julian Nagelsmann so he'll have really benefited from, from their methods and their techniques there um, in the Bundesliga uh, he, he, he came down sort of with a great reputation. He obviously the inevitable comparisons were to Jadon Sancho, but he actually won the um, the Rookie of the Month in the Bundesliga in, uh, in in October last season, and fitted in fairly well with their forward line. Um, they, they lost uh, Serge Narby back to um, Bayern Munich at the start of last season, and he came in and slotted in and filled the gap um, left by Gnabry, and he, he just just sort of looks a real natural for the Premier League. Um, obviously already made his debut for Arsenal under Wenger um, in 17-18 he actually won the reserve player of the year in the, in the Premier League 2 17-18 um, season as well so the, the lad's clearly got ability um, just sort of tailor made for the modern game with his pace, his build um, coming in off the wing you know, um, sort of creating pockets of space for the front three, I, I, I look at Arsenal at the moment and their, their problem is not scoring goals, they're a creative team Um you've got the players who can sort of pick up Nelson make the runs that he makes and he can make room for other players he, he, I think he'll definitely fit in this season for them Yeah I
3: think it's really interesting the more we're talking about these players actually lads in that you know sometimes when you're talking about talented young players at top six clubs definitely in previous years you're kind of going yeah they're really talented but you know it's going to be difficult for them to to get into their teams but it's been a relatively quiet transfer though and you know a lot of the clubs have different issues Um, I think you can genuinely nearly see a path for all the players we've discussed you know Um, you know we'll talk Chelsea in a minute they've got a transfer ban. there's a there's a path through for them Liverpool's front three you can see Brewster getting in Spurs not spending much Parra can get in Nelson's Arsenal are broke you can see him getting in so like there really does seem to be a, a chance for these youngsters instead of Us just talking about them as being really talented youngsters at clubs, but they probably won't make a breakthrough, if you know what I mean.
1: Absolutely. What about Mason Greenwood then at United? We saw little bits of him uh, towards the end of last season. He's been decent in pre-season. Is there a path for him into the first team?
3: Ah, here, Sam. This lad is dogs' bollocks. I don't know how else to, to put that. You know, I'm not generally one to get carried away with young players coming through at United. I think sometimes, you know... My thoughts clear on, on Marcus Rashford. I think sometimes people want local lads to, to be, they want them to succeed so, ba- so badly that they kind of look um, over certain deficiencies in their game. But Mason Greenwood is just a, an absolute superstar in the making, if, if you ask me. Um, I said about Troy Parrott, I haven't been this excited since you know about an Irish player since Robbie Keane. I haven't been this excited about a youth player coming through the ranks at Man United since Ravel Morrison, probably. Um, he, he seems to have a much more level head than, than than Ravel Ravel Morrison did, but he's just an like an absolute. He just looks like an absolute gem, you know. He's in the headlines after scoring two goals um in preseason against Inter Milan and Leeds, two good finishes. He um, kind of really came across my radar last season. He banged in 26 goals and had eight assists in, in 30 um, 30 games, mostly for the under-18s now. But he scored um, scored an unbelievable hat-trick against Chelsea in the uh, FA Youth Cup. United bet, you know, the all-conquering FA Youth Cup Chelsea side um, last season 4-3. Unfortunately, they got knocked out in the quarters, I think it was then, but... Like when you watch this fella play, he's he's completely two footed, right? He he can take free kicks and penalties with either his left foot and right foot. And I know in the past I I often kind of ramble on about you know certain abilities that players have that are almost uncoachable. You know, being able to to take a free kick or a penalty, like without being able to spot the difference in terms of quality with either foot is is a God given talent. Um right footed you, you can practice and practice and practice with your left and you'll get it up to to a really good level. But to take a dead ball with your weaker foot, it, it it's just not normally done. And he can hit he can like he can rasp free kicks off either foot, which is a phenomenal ability. Um, obviously a player that two footed when he's running with the ball, you you, you used to play centre back, Sam, if you watch that hat trick like he does, there's two of the goals he scores. One of them he finishes, you would just think he's a right-footed player. The other one he finishes, you'd think he's a left-footed player. And as a defender, that's a nightmare. There's no weak side to show Mason Greenwood on. Um, he grew up as a midfielder, so he's also able to to pick a pass. He has pace, has a trick or two. Um, you know, United don't seem to be getting any signings over the line. And, and even if they do... I I think he he's going to feature next season, um, and Solskjaer is obviously you know very keen to to blood youngsters. He he played he actually came on against PSG in that famous comeback win, and then he played the last game of the season against Cardiff. Probably should have scored a couple of goals, but you know he like he'd more shots, more key passes. He, he killed all the stats that day. Solskjaer admitted that he was you know um the, the best player on on the pitch uh, well, the best man united player on the pitch so you know it, it seems to he seems to absolutely have it all there's just a massive buzz among man united fans about about this fella and i really think it's justified um like i said just so two footed wonderfully balanced um
1: so I, so, I, so where where does he fit then peter because i mean uh, i think we're I don't know if we've assumed or if we're assuming that Lukaku's going to go out. Uh, I saw a quote today from Soulstar saying that um, he could rotate between Rashford and Martial, or maybe play the two up front. Is he is he third in line behind those two, or 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 what happens?
3: I think right, Lukaku will go. You know, um, he's not he's not playing games because they don't want him to be injured essentially. Um, and I think that Martial might well finish or, or might might well start up, uh, as a number nine quite a lot this season. Uh, he's played there a bit on tour, and by all accounts, he 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 ha- his attitude has improved. It's gone from terrible to just okay. So yeah, we should be all ready. <laughs> but um, no, anyway. But yeah, no. Like I think you know, I, I think Rash Marshall will kind of flip between the left and the right. I think Greenwood might kind of feature in the cup competitions, and then. Come, you know, but like he's played so well in pre season. If we don't sign more attackers, I Solskjaer said it, he's in line, he's pushing for a place against Chelsea. I think, like I said, he's played midfield as well. He's not just a goal scorer, although that's you know, his goal scoring stats are the first things that jump out at you. But he he can play off the left or the right, like I said, he can, you know, he can cross from either side with either foot.
2: Like, I've um, I've not seen as much of him as you, Pete. Obviously, you're clearly very impressed but from what I have seen at Greenwood and what I have read about him it, it sounds as though that distribution could actually be using a sort of deeper role behind the front three yeah. as well
3: oh exactly
2: um, yeah. I, I think he's definitely got the ability to play there and I yeah. don't know about you but this this transfer window seems to have poleaxed a lot of clubs with, with, with the stupid you know fees that are being quoted that's not going to go away you know I, I think some of these can be solved internally some of these problems can be solved internally with recruitment so why not give Greenwood a go? You know, you've you've signed a lot of expensive players down the years who haven't turned up. If Greenwood's a hungry kid, give him a chance. You know, I'm a big yeah, advocate no, for that.
3: I'd i agree. I think he, you know, I think if he gets a chance and he takes it, uh, which I do think he'll probably get a chance at the start of the season, he, he'll he'll stay in the team. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And yeah, like like Anne said, for me, he can play anywhere across the front three, or he could potentially even play kind of you know behind uh, as a you know, as the more modern number ten, where you kind of drop into midfield a bit and you'd kind of be pressing a lot. But I, I, I think he can. It doesn't seem to be much he he can't do. Um, in terms of like his work rate's very strong as well. He like he's just. I'm I'm massively so excited about this kid because, like I said, it, it what gets me is the two footedness. Like that. Is, like his two footedness is. It, it's the the only other player I've ever seen that. Well, there's only two other players. I've only ever seen as two-footed as Mason Greenwood. And now I have a, quite a small sample size of Mason Greenwood. And that's actually going back as far as Glenn Hoddle and maybe Pavel Neved. Um, you, you see players who can play off both feet, but this lad c- can dribble as if he's a right-footed player and dribble as if he's a left-footed player. Do you know what I mean? That it, He's just...
1: My he, God, he, Peter, this 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 sounds like you're actually looking forward to the start <laughs> of the season.
3: I'm not, he's given me a
2: little...
3: he go that far, Sam, but he's given me a little ray of hope. No, I, I, in, 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 on another side, I, I think as well, you know, it, it, it mightn't, it, it can go both ways with Man United. Like, it, you'd almost, it's maybe not the best environment for young players to be coming into at the moment because there's a clear lack of leadership in the dressing room. And then if United get off to a bad start to the season it's gonna to be tough, you know, that everybody's gonna be coming for them and that could be potentially really harmful to some young players because you can set you can set a young a, a young lad back a year or two in his development if you play him too early and he has a couple of bad high profile performances. So, you know, he could come in and be, be this I th- I think Man United are, are all or nothing at the moment. I think he'll either come in or be a star or else he'll come in and it won't go well and the team won't do well and you know things will the shit will hit the fan as they say so it's 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 very hard to call how Man united are, are going to are going to go this season but i you know i think he could be that one bright spot because you know there's obviously there's obviously a lot of negatives even though we've had a couple of good results in pre-season it that's only papering over the cracks you know we still haven't been able to sign players when we we went around saying that we were going to have a match you know we were going to offload we can't even sell players,
1: let alone sign them. We'll go into all of this in, in more detail in, in the next week or two anyway, because th- there's plenty to talk about. so uh, I'm going to go back to you though, and we've mentioned them a couple of times, Chelsea, and really, what with the uh, the, the, the transfer ban there and Lampard coming in, they could, I mean, you, you could take your pick of young players who might get their chance this season.
2: Yeah, you certainly could, and it, it's actually I think it's quite sad for them for the young players coming through, that it's actually come to a transfer ban to force the club's hand um to give some of their young lads a go. But that's
1: so true, yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, it is. I mean, a, a lad who, who looks the part and he's obviously got a direct link to the manager as is, uh, is young Mason Mount and um, the attacking midfielder who spent the season on loan at Derby um, in, last season. He, he looks a really talented player, to be honest with you, Sam. And um, um, one of those kind of again very technically gifted player. One of the things I thought was very impressive about him at Derby last season was how snappy and quick he is at getting the ball out from his feet and distributing it quickly to his teammates. Um, he, he's, he's very quick across the ground, the kind of player who sort of naturally draws defenders out of position, likes to, likes to run at players and, again, creates, sort of creates havoc and space with, with his running. Um, not shy of a couple of goals. Um, you, you look at Chelsea and big concern for them going into the season is who's going to get the goals for them with Hazard gone and um, obviously they, they really struggled last season from midfield only five from Barkley not many from Jorginho yeah um, if, if Pulisic can come in and hit the ground running and be like a creative source of, uh, for the team of goals and assists then it may take the pressure off Mount slightly but um, obviously a lot, a lot of things are going to fall to him to get goals next season um, for mount so th- there is that pressure on him and obviously it's a big step up from the championship as well you know he, he got 11 goals in 44 games with for derby last season scored some absolute pearlers as well very similar to um uh, to like coming through uh, uh, at liverpool wilson um, some of the goals he scored he-, he likes to sort of cut in and, and lash them in sort of curling efforts um, from the edge of the box very similar sort of similar player to him um, coming through but it's it- it's a massive step up it- it- it's an obvious point to make but you know, the sort of sixth, seventh, eighth in the championship and making that step up to a club like Chelsea, who have, you know, just a massive club with 15 major honours, one since 2004, huge ambition. And there's going to be a lot of pressure on him as to whether he can actually step up. Uh, I think he's a wonderfully talented young player. Um, probably the, the big thing going for him, um, the, the major thing he's got running for him is that the manager knows him. The manager clearly trusts him. Um, i think lampard's going to go in and change things it, the the setup next season at chelsea he's already talked about playing with sort of two anchor men in midfield and freeing up an extra midfielder to get forward um looking at how mount plays that would suit him quite well um, so sort to of give Jorginho and kanté a lot of the running a lot of the sort of hard yards to do behind and sort of give him out more more freedom to be creative also lampard lampard knows what it's like to go into chelsea with you know a lot of demand and expectations so he might be able to nurture Mount coming through so there is that to play on as well but I don't know about you lads but looking at Chelsea next season it's either going to go one way or the other I don't think there's going to be too much in between so it might not be an ideal time for a young 20 year old coming through um, and and getting some time obviously if there's a few sort of high profile blunders if he misses um, is he going to get the time there from Chelsea to come in and and to make a name for himself he's got the ability uh, but there's going to be a lot of pressure on next season
1: yeah, it's funny, and it kind of touches on what you said there, just about you know why these players are getting into the squad and how there is a path, Peter, as you mentioned, for a lot of these players into the first team. And okay, for for City and for even Liverpool as well, those players seem it seems like there's an opportunity for them to be eased into it over over a certain period of time. But for some of the other clubs, it's kind of like oh fucker, we'll see what happens. You know, what else are we going to do? And maybe that's a maybe that's a good way to go in there. You know, it's just you've got nothing to lose and just and just see what happens.
3: Like I said earlier on, I do think there's an oversimplification of like, oh, just play the young players, especially by like kind of the lazier pundits, should I say, like the Jamie Rednaps and stuff, because like, it's all very well saying, oh, we're, you know, our young players aren't getting enough game time, but like, you have to remember that, like, if a Premier League manager doesn't, like, if a Premier League manager at a top six club loses two or three games in a row, in a row his head's nearly on, on the chopping block. So, like, yeah. You know, and and the, the players that they're trying to dislodge are normally... It's like Hudson-Odoi at Chelsea last season. Like, he'd never done anything, really, but there's all this hype around him. But, like, you know, Willian and Pedro are ahead of him. Probably, like, nearly 200 international caps between them. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... It, it's just oversimplified, like, just play them kind of thing. Um, Because, you know, if you're a manager, you're picking a team... It, it's it's it is harder with all the pressure, 24-hour coverage to, to blood the youngsters than it was. You just don't get the chance to say, look, we're going to play the kids for a year and whatever happens, happens. You know, it, it just doesn't work like that. And even for the kids these days, with social media, everything, even everything they do is going to be, you know, scrutinised so much that um, you know, it, it just isn't it just isn't as easy as it was in bygone eras to to gradually introduce players. But having said all that, you know. I, I do feel that all the players that we've talked about, the six players from the six, the, the six top six clubs, you can kind of see a little path for them through this season to at least you know, feature, even if it's a substitute or in cup games or whatever. And they will get their chance this season anyway. And whether they take it and push on is a different story. But um, these are six lads we've talked about that I think have a real chance, you know.
1: Well, that's a whole bunch of players who we think are going to make it. But then there's some players who, you know, they were they had all this hype. We spoke about them in the same way in the past. And then it didn't quite come to, to fruition. Peter, who have you got in mind?
3: Um, well, yeah, for me, I suppose it definitely, as a Man United fan, someone who who never... Lived up to the potential, and I think is quite re- It's quite relevant at the moment. Is Ravel Morrison? You know, um, he's actually back in the Premier League now with Sheffield United. They've handed him uh, a one-year contract. Although, you know, for all the talent in the world, it's quite doubtful he- he'll ever quite kind of, you know, fulfil that potential. Um, Column, um, you know, who was a regular part of our podcast, but has now been put on the. The transfer list. Colum Yeah, exactly. I exactly.
1: Don't, um, don't, don't know who you're talking about.
3: Exactly. Is John Lohr Hoffenheim Coffenheim pizza? Is that who that no, is? we're looking for... No, nobody wants him. He's he's just ah, right. in the dressing room and he has dodgy ankles, so nobody's right, yeah. come in.
1: Tra- tra- training with the youth team.
3: Exactly. Training on his own at the moment. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, he actually... Colin wrote a very, very good article about Rivera Morrison um, after his move to Sheffield United on off the ball. Um, it's it's just been a it's a crazy career really he's had. You know, this is a lad who was in the same FA Youth Cup team um as Michael Keane, Jesse Lingard, Paul Pogba. Was rated as a much better player than Paul Pogba. Fergie described him as the best young player he, he's he'd ever seen. Uh, Rio Ferdinand tried to get him to move in with him just to keep him out of trouble because he obviously saw, you know. That this lad was just unbelievable. And this is Rio Ferdinand who would have came through with like Joe Cole and Frank Lampard and that as well. Um so it's just what a what a pity. Obviously massive off the field issues, um, definitely hanging around with the wrong crowd. Although I don't know if we can blame a crowd for his behaviour. He's you know, he makes his own choices. But he was done for kidnapping when he was in his teens. Um, a lot of trouble with the police. And I think, you know, United gave him every chance to to, to make it, but Eventually, he was kind of moved on to, to West Ham with the hope that getting him out of Manchester might kind of get him on the straight and narrow bit where he dedicated himself to his football. And he scored that sensational solo goal for West Ham at White Hart Lane in, in a really good win against Spurs. There was talk of him getting into the England team, but then he seemed to, you know, go back to his to his old ways. He'd have fallen out with Big, Big Sam, which, you know, actually kind of makes me like him a bit more, if I'm honest, but... You know, there's the stories of him, you know, going missing for for a week or two and then showing back up to training and stuff. So, obviously, you know, he's never really sorts himself out. Nomadic career since, something like eight clubs, five loans in places like Mexico. He was in Sweden last season. Um, and it's such a pity because just what a talent when you see him, his ability to just... It's like he's a second or two ahead of everybody on the pitch um, in terms of how he sees a defender coming towards him how he sees a pass just phenomenally talented and um Chris Wilder's taken a chance on him um it you know you I don't mean to be pessimistic or or put him down but you know even throughout his you know even in recent years his managers at different clubs have said you know phenomenally talented but his attitude is just all wrong so you never know he could completely you know have this redemption arc and Finally, fulfill the potential that that Ferguson wax lyrical about, but it's a little bit doubtful. But we might get to see a couple of you know bits of magic from him in the Premier League. So he's one that that will always, you know, that I will always remember um, as as being really disappointing that that he never lived up for his talent to his potential for Man United anyway.
1: And and yet one that we should really keep an eye on this season because that could be really interesting. Uh, and what about you?
2: Um, for me, I've gone for um, a player probably most Liverpool fans will be um, well aware of, I'm not too sure if you lads will have heard of too much about him. It was um, a young Spanish lad who Rafa Benitez brought in in 2008, um, a real start of youth football in Spain, uh, come through the massive academy in Barcelona, obviously that um, just a real superstar um, in the making. And it sort of hints back at what we were saying about some of these lazy pundits and, and the sort of it becomes like a, like a maxim. I'll just throw the kids in, throw the kids in, it's fine, just give them a go, see what happens. And um, he, this, this lad, his name was Danny Pacheco, and he, he became a bit of a buzzword um, from sort of lazy fans and lazy pundits who claimed to be experts and to see him play for the reserves every week. Um, by all accounts, he was an excellent footballer, great natural ability um silky feet, very, very creative, chipped him with a few goals in the reserves as well, really eye-catching goals. And unfortunately for him, he sort of came through at a time when it was all going wrong for Benitez and that the club were in meltdown. But I, it was almost kind of doubly damning that we were so bereft of creative options under Benitez and then under Hodgson and then Dow Gleach. We played this sort of very rudimentary 4-4-2 at times under Dow Gleach. And there was no there was no sort of real spark there creatively. This lad was just sort of falling down and down the a pecking order. And um, he ended up sort of floating away and, and, and going to the Spanish second division. And it, it just seemed like a real waste of talent for the lad. Um, but everyone who saw him play coming through the reserves, he, he's definitely got some role to play in the first team. And, you know, Spanish under-21 international, he ended up at Real Betis at one point, but again, couldn't quite settle there. Um, last time I saw him, he was floating around at the sort of, I think it was Alcaron in, in in the third tier of Spanish football. As a, he's probably still about the same age as Ravel Morrison, um, so sort of about twenty seven, twenty eight. He's he's not an old player at all, um, but just sort of never made it at any sort of senior level at any sort of big name club. Um, it, it, it's a real shame, but he's he sort he sort of serves as a cautionary tale for how big the step up can be sometimes and. Just, you know, a player can look fantastic, like the six players we mentioned there, but when, when the pressure's on and they're thrown into the first team and they're given these sort of, um, the, the lifeline, if you like, in the first team, it, if they don't grab it, they don't take it, it can really set them back a few years, a couple of bad loan spells here and there, and all of a sudden they're, they're way down the line. So it's one of them, isn't it? You know, it, it's so hard, such a tenuous road to go down. So uh, he'd he definitely be one for me, Pacheco.
1: It's a funny one, isn't it? There's just some of these players, it's almost like there's too much hype too young. You know, they, 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 they already have a name before they've done anything. There's, remember Freddy Adu? And there's the that guy, the Danish kid at Real Madrid. I mean, he still might make it, but I mean...
2: What bugs me about some of these players is that you get like the sort of the faux experts. Oh yeah, I've seen this lad play. It's like no, you haven't. <laughs> it's like you've seen, a, you've seen a couple of clips on YouTube. Don't pretend to be an expert in them. Like you know, you like the rest of us. Yeah. You've got a few crumbs to go up. You know.
1: Uh, I was just about to say, don't be, uh, don't be, you know, throwing rocks too far there <laughs> there's been a whole lot of YouTube watching the making of this podcast uh, anyway we will be back with uh, some new uh, with some new proper podcasts very soon as we look ahead to the start of the Premier League season so make sure you uh, subscribe on Spotify on SoundCloud on iTunes on anywhere that you get your podcasts and new episodes will pop up in your feed as soon as we bring them out head along to the FootballFaithful.com for more great football content and uh, well we'll be back soon that, just time to say thanks to Peter
3: Cheers, lads. Enjoyed that. Thanks, Ant. Nice one, lads. Cheers.
1: And thanks for listening. See you next time.